Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2.5% of the most popular podcasts globally, and it's all because of my incredible guests. I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game and who are absolutely willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. And these are not people who hold back. Their goal with this podcast is to share with you the essence of peak performance, So the question today is, what do you do when your very successful small business makes it nearly impossible to be a stay-at-home mom with young children? You go online and you go big, and you help others along the way. So my guest today went from NFL cheerleader to successful dance studio owner to an online business business expert. I can do this, Megan. Megan Myers is a busy mother of two who truly figured out how to have it all. And 20 years ago, she turned her passion for dance into a thriving local dance studio in Napa, California. And when motherhood became her highest priority, she used her entrepreneurial instincts and created a wildly successful online business called the Princess Ballerina Studio Membership Program. It's unusual, by the way, and I have to kind of toss this in there. It's unusual to create two very successful businesses, and she's done it. So Megan is a mentor, and she has shared her business, princess, business. (laughs) I'm going to try this one more time. She has shared her Princess Ballerinas program with over 2,000 dance studios worldwide, all while working part-time from the comfort of home. And today she's very passionate about helping other business women shine online by teaching them how to turn their passion, skills, and experience into simple digital products. So they can then leave the, live the life of their dreams. I'm sorry, Megan. I am really struggling with my voice today, and I keep concentrating on not coughing, so my words are failing me. So bear doing with fine. me, if you would. <laughs> oh, geez. You ever have those days where you're so busy, you know, trying not to cough or throw up on somebody that you just can't think? We all have those. Yes. Oh, good. I'm having that day. So Megan created the Shine Online Network, a one-of-a-kind national network that empowers women at all stages of life to start and grow their first online business. She's also, this is important, the author of the book, Shine Online, How to Start a Successful Virtual Business and Gain the Freedom and Flexibility to Live Your Best Life Now. And that book is on my desk as we speak. Megan, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio, and thank you for being so patient with my voice issues no worries. Thank you, Denise, for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited that you're here. And, and of course, you were introduced to me by you know mutual friend, uh, Jim Palmer. Mm-hmm, so yes. Jim Palmer contacts me and says, can this person, you know, yes, you don't even have to ask. I mean, it's just <laughs> that easy. So tell us a bit about yourself that I might have missed during that introduction. You know, uh you covered a lot of it. Yeah, that's exactly my story. I, the background is, you know, I've had a dance studio, a local dance studio, for about uh, 15 years. And exactly as you said, when I became a mom, you know, 
suddenly this business I, I loved for all of those years, you know, working 24-7, which is what a local business requires with a lot of, you know, a physical space and hundreds of students and a staff of 10. And there's just a lot of, it's a very people-intensive business. And it required just constant constant attention. And when I became a mom that, you know, no longer was I willing to devote all of my time and energy to customers, I really wanted to turn more of that towards, you know, this new season of um, becoming a mom. And so what to do about that? And I didn't know what I would do about that at first. And it took um, working with a coach to sort of point out to me that, wow, you've got this really successful program that you're doing at your dance studio. Why don't you package it up and share it with other dance studio owners? So it really took someone outside of me to look and see, you know, the forest through the trees, as they say. Um, and of course, that was just opened a whole new world to me and a new world of possibilities. And while I was looking to simplify, which it did, consequently, I was able to exponentially expand my business while simplifying it. And like, when does that ever happen? Never. Um, yet it did. And so that's what I've been doing for the past seven years. And, and now this Shine Online business and book, I'm helping other women to do the exact same thing. And you said something really important. We don't know what we don't know. We don't see what we can't see because we're so busy being in it. And yes. that's why we need a coach or a mentor or both or sometimes yes. somebody to just point out the obvious to us because it's not obvious. It's, it it's really not. Isn't. It no, really we're is too not. busy and in I our was, head. Right. And for me, I was very, very, always very ambitious with my, my studio, always trying to be the best, you know, dance teacher I could be, studio owner, doing all the industry training, but also had this parallel track of being immersed in business and marketing training at the same time. Always loved marketing, always studying direct response marketing, so, which is why my studio was so successful. Um, but doing both of these things, and I really couldn't get out of brick-and-mortar thinking. So it was, you know, to, to expand a dance studio in the dance studio world, you open multiple locations. And all the, you know, dance studio gurus, they've got their multiple locations. And, like, that's the way to expand it. I couldn't get out of that thinking. So I, I did develop my Princess Ballerina Dance Program to be expandable. I thought that's, that was the goal, the goal eventually. Oh, I'll open multiple dance studios because that's, that's how you continue to succeed past one location. Um, so I did create my Princess Ballerina Dance Program with all these systems. I had the lesson plans so that my staff could all be teaching the exact same class. I had all these marketing systems. I mean, it was like, it's, a, it's basically a, a franchisable program. Everything about it is choreographed down to a T and systematic. And I thought that was for my own purpose. So ironically, it was perfectly poised to, to package up and share with other dance studio owners around the world. But at the time, like you're saying, I, I thought I couldn't get out of brick and mortar thinking until someone just made a comment. I mean, she just, it came out of her mouth so easily, you know, and I, I remember she didn't blink. She wasn't joking. She, she, she seemed to think this was a possibility for me. And so having someone say that to you in a serious way, then you start to think, hmm, maybe that is a possibility for me. And that's what happens. I mean, somebody will just give you a throwaway thought and all of a sudden it changes your life. Changes. Your life. It does. And I was going to ask you, and that happens with me a lot, and I, listen, I call those God winks. When somebody says something like what happened to you, all of a sudden, I almost feel it in my gut. I will have to stop, take a deep breath, and go, hmm, 
No way. Right. I don't throw it away. I don't leave it. Because the, and the more you pay attention, I'm just going to tell the audience this right now, the mo- more you pay attention to those winks, if you will, the more of them come to you. Because you know, now you're available. You're available to think differently. You're available to listen to other people's thoughts and ideas and sometimes good advice, sometimes bad advice. But you have to really pay attention to what's being said to and around you. Sure. And for me, this was, there was no looking past this for getting this. It was just so head on, uh, you know, sky opening up moment. You know, I think we all sort of get these little nudges and think, hmm, hmm. But occasionally, you know, there might be something just, you know, revelatory. It's just like huge. Yes, this is this is the answer to everything I've been looking for in this one nugget of an idea. So there was definitely for me in this instance, no ignoring it. Absolutely, I, the, I and I had no idea how I would do it. But at that moment, you know, and I wouldn't say you know, it took maybe 24 hours for it to sink in um, and think, hmm, maybe I could do this. But once I decided, it was there was no going back. It was this was going to happen. I was going to make this happen. Uh, failure is not an option. This is absolutely the solution to what I've been looking for. I can expand my business. I can, you know, keep building on the last 15 years of what I've been doing without giving up the income, but I can gain the freedom and flexibility to be at home and do this from home and do it from, do it part-time. So I think that decision of, like, failure is now not an option. I am doing this was what I really needed to then move forward. And I knew I would do it. I just, you know, needed to figure it out, of course. Exactly. And you had mentioned franchise, and I had written that down. Did you ever franchise? Or did this kind of get you off of that idea? Yeah. So I I never thought I would franchise. I thought I would open my own multiple locations. So it was set up like that, where it's, you know, I was, you know, big, big EMS fan, still am, but that idea of creating your franchise prototype is what uh, Michael Gerber and the EMS teaches. You create this franchise prototype of a business, and even if you don't open up any more than, you know, if you just have your little coffee shop, but you run it like a franchise prototype, it's going to just be this well-oiled machine, the customers are going to get the best experience, it's going to be just a really great business to run, you know, you can actually bring in staff and have the result be the same as if you were there sort of a thing. So that's the idea of the e-myth and the franchise prototype. So that was my inspiration for creating my original Princess Ballerina dance program. And then once you have this franchise prototype, of course, then the idea is you could, you know, open, you could sort of scale that idea because it is all systemized. So that was my plan, but no, being able to share it. So it's a, it's a license model now. It's an online subscription. I share it with other dance studio owners around the world. Um, and they're licensing the rights to use, you know, the Princess Ballerina, which is a trademarked name, the logo, all of the, you know, everything has Princess Ballerinas all over. It's all just a very integrated, you know, very uh, brand-heavy product and program and little girls love to be of course princess ballerinas and mothers love to bring their daughters to a princess ballerina class so that is a big part of it so it's not a franchise it is a a licensing model but yes the way I've done it is just it's so easy it's all online it's very you know um, you know any studio owner can join sort of a thing and it's just very open doors are doors are wide open which is what I love, you know, together with 
thousands of studio owners around the world, and many of them have, you know, a dozen teachers. They're teaching together. We're teaching tens of thousands of, of students the Princess Ballerina Dance Program, which is just, you know, still I'm in awe about the, you know, the numbers that we've done together um, with with the program. So yeah, it's amazing. And I love what you're saying about systems. I mean, systems, they're annoying to build them, especially if you've already built your business, or they can be annoying, but if you've already built your business and didn't put those systems or those documents in place to begin with and you have to kind of go back, people say, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time. You better make time. You better <laughs> make time. I'm telling you right now, you better do it. I made well, that they're mistake. just a game changer. They are. I mean, I you know went straight from my my degree, my computer science degree that nobody cares about, to building a business with nobody. You know, this was 20 years ago. Nobody could teach me anything because nobody was out there doing what I was doing. And of course, the internet wasn't anything like it is now. And we just didn't have chat rooms or. We we didn't have Jim Palmer's your your coach and my former coach. <laughs> we just didn't have that. We had to kind of do it on our own. I didn't create systems because I was too busy going oh geez oh geez oh geez. <laughs> I really was. right. And right. I was building like crazy. And then when it came time for me to go, I can't, like you, I can't do this. It's too much work. It's killing me. I'm tired. I don't have any personal life at all. Uh-huh. You know. Then I had to put those systems in play and. I practically had to shut down for a week to do it. And I muttered under my breath the whole time. <laughs> I did. It's a small but, price to pay, though, to only shut down that, for a week. Yeah. To totally systemize your business. But to be fair, I think you're right, Denise. I think most entrepreneurs, you just you start. Like I me, mean, I didn't even know I was starting a dance studio. I Someone asked me to come in and start volunteer dance, teach, you know, teach dance at an after-school program. I didn't realize I was starting a business. I started off volunteer, and then a local dance studio closed, and I started getting calls from parents who wanted to pay me. I said, okay. And I, here I was. Now people are paying me to teach dance. That's the essence of a dance studio. Um, and so a lot of times I think entrepreneurs, we just start doing the thing, and someone's you know, we start collecting money for it. And then, you know, you may sort of unintentionally find yourself in this business. And then as businesses do, they either grow or they die. So hopefully, you know, unless unless we kill it, it's going to keep growing. That's just what they do. Businesses grow. And so I think that's the story of all many entrepreneurs, especially with their first business, you know, hopefully we get smarter with the second and third business, but by the first one, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, as you said. And so I think, you know, most entrepreneurs, they don't have those systems in place, but you also, you wouldn't know what to systemize, you know, anyway, you have to have that experience and be in your business for a while. And then I think then most people say, okay, yes, now this is chaos. Let's get some systems to streamline, save time. And now you know what you need systemized, right? So, you know, to let ourselves off the hook a little bit in those early years. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I was running around. I don't sleep a whole lot anyway. I'm one of those people who catnaps. I don't sleep all night. It's not unusual for me to be awake at 318 and having conversations online with other friends who don't sleep at night. But, I mean, I really, my catnapping was even disturbed. It's like, oh, geez. I mean, I was killing myself. I really was. Yes. Systems change everything. Absolutely. They do. So how did you, I mean, we've kind of 
talked a little bit about how you got started with it. Are there any particular steps that you took? I mean, clearly you had to say, I can't be a, a mom, you know, the kind of mom that I want to be with my children when they need me to be with them, not when they're asleep, and, you know, create this multiple location business. This is not going to work. So clearly you had to find something to do. But what were some of the steps that you took that either worked or didn't work in the very beginning? I'm, let, let's, let me go back. What were some of the steps that you took that didn't work? Let's have some teachable moments here. Sure. So, you know, initially, now I've, you know, I've, I've this, the seed's been planted. Now I'm saying, okay, I'm going to package up my Princess Ballerina Dance Program and I'll share it with dance studio owners around the world. Well, the, my, my program, and I think this is something a lot of people will be able to relate to when they go to create their first digital product is, you know, my program was a, it's a three-year curriculum. This is, you know, hundreds of lesson plans. There's just all this content. We do little certificates that go with each, every theme, every month is a new theme for Princess Ballerinas. We have little certificates. We have sticker charts. It's this whole, you know, experience. And so I thought, okay, it's going to take me a couple years to package this whole thing up, you know, and while we were using it at the local level, I wanted to just take it up a notch from a packaging standpoint, the way the certificates looked, if I was going to be sharing it with the world, you know, you know, it's like we could zhuzh it up a little bit for worldwide debut. So I thought, okay, this is going to take me forever. So that was one thing that didn't work for me. And I think some people think they have to, you know, eat the whole elephant before they can debut their, their product. So what I ended up doing, because I was so desperate to stay home, I, I did not have the two years to package it up. Now my son would be probably off to preschool by the time I got this thing up and running. You know, I needed to be home now, and I wanted to, you know, be able to step away from my studio more and more now. And so out of that just sort of timing desperation of, yes, I'm doing this, but how can I do this quickly? That's really the where the subscription model was born. So what I had a, just a flash of insight was, what if I don't have to repackage and recreate everything all at once before I can launch this? What if I just do it on a monthly basis? That way I could just in October have my Halloween lesson plan ready to go and I'll put that out there. And in November I'll have my fall harvest theme ready to go. And December I'll have my Christmas magic theme ready to go. And so in order for with the subscription model, I only had to have, my October lesson plan ready to go to, br to bring it out to the world. So that was a major shift in my thinking going with a, you know, how can I make this a X of the month offer versus a here's everything I've ever created for over the past 15 years offer. So that allowed me to move a lot faster. And so then what I did was, um, and this is where my story, I have a lot of instant success. It does not happen this fast for most people, and that's okay. It's still worth going. But I do like to share my story because it can happen this quickly. It did happen for me, and so I do like to share this. Um, I spent $500, which is far less than I ever spent advertising anything at my local dance studio. I spent $500 on a Facebook ad sharing a free sample of my Halloween-themed lesson plan, and I had 1,400 dance studio owners download that in just like less than a week, and I sort of freaked out over that number that seemed it might have been 10 million people. That's like the, the numbers I thought I was doing with this 1,400 downloads. And so I freaked out and turned it off. But what I did do is I followed up with those 1,400 
studio owners who downloaded my free sample of my Halloween magic lesson plan, and I said, what did you think of it? Just very open, very honest. I had no idea. It was a local dance studio owner sharing with my peers. I genuinely had no idea what anyone would think about it. And, of course, to my delight and surprise, they all wrote back and said, not they all, you know, maybe 20 people wrote back and said, I I love it. This is going to save me so much time. It's so creative. You know, so I just had this really great feedback from a handful of the studio owners. And so then that gave me, that was my, my, my green light to take the next step. So I'm doing all of this in baby steps, which was something that worked for me. Um, and my next step was to write back and I thought, okay, I'm going to go forward with this subscription idea. I said, if you, would you like, I could send you one of these new themed lesson plan kits every single month. And I charged $47 and I had uh, about 10% of them. So about 140 studio owners signed up within those next couple weeks to start getting a lesson plan from me, a digital. So I sent these are PDF files I'm sending once a month to all of these members. And so now I, this was, you know, like a $6,000 revenue stream with no overhead, no employees, you know, besides the merchant processing fees, like no expenses, and I'm sending one email a month, and this is as much as I'm making running my 7,000-square-foot studio with hundreds of students and a staff of 10 and, like, a $20,000 a month payroll. <laughs> so I instantly fell in love and with this new business, and that, that was how I did it, just sort of step-by-step step and little green light by green light, and it did happen, it did happen very quickly for me. And I can see why it would. You saw a need. You you entered into that arena, if you will, and you solved the pain points. So my my next question is, how did you get out of the brick and mortar? How long did that take you? So it was, um, you know, it wasn't easy because a local business. This is it's not something I wanted to just shut down. That was the hardest point. While I personally didn't want to be spending, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week running this business that I loved for a long time and still loved, these are families that have been at my studio for, you know, some of them a decade. You know, these are children you see every day, the parents you see them every day. There's so many relationships. The parents get to know each other. The kids get to know each other. The teachers get to know each other. And there's all these just relationships, which is what makes a local dance studio such a magical, magical place is, is the community that develops. So, I definitely did not want to just close my doors. So I tried for um, about six months to have one of my, you know, instructors take it over. No one was really interested. They were just not the entrepreneurial type. They liked being the teachers. They didn't want to run it. Um, and so, and I, I tried that for about six months. No one, no one was biting. No one wanted to, to have that responsibility. And by, by that next fall, I, you know, the summer is sort of like that point for the dance studio, that would be a good point. If I was going to close my doors, that was when I was going to do it. And I just couldn't couldn't do it. So I just, in myself, accepted, okay, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do both for a while until, you know, we'll see what happens. I should also note, I also had a five-year lease still. So I had three years left on a five-year commercial lease. So that would have been a, a challenge as well. It's not really as easy as just deciding to close. Commercial leases are difficult to get out of. So there was that element, um, and it was funny. As soon as I just sort of was at peace with, okay, um, this, I'm going to do both for a while. So I had about a year of, of doing my online business, and now I'm a year 
into having my brick and mortar at the same time. So I had an overlap for, for a year. Um, and at that year point, I thought, okay, I'm going to just do both for a while. That's okay. I can make this work. I was happy that this online thing was going. And, you know, I felt like when the studio, when the time was right, the time was right. And wouldn't you know it, Denise, my landlord called me and he said, I'm working with another client, a local ballet school. They have been kicked out of their space. They desperately need a location in the next two weeks. They want to take over your space, your staff, your students, your classes, your everything. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Two weeks later, I, so the classes were able to continue. My teachers were able to continue with their classes. The studio continued. I didn't have to downsize. I didn't have to get rid of my lease. I didn't have to sell up all the, you know, 15 years of stuff and costumes and all the stuff. Um, I got to just walk away. And so that's, <laughs> that's a year later, um, I was able to just walk away and have everything else continue and have total peace of mind that things would go on without me and people could keep dancing. And, um, but I was footloose and fancy free to just, you know, let my, my wings soar with this new virtual business. See, that is an amazing story. But, you know, when it's time, it's time, right? Yeah, it's true. I guess so. And it yeah. was, it's so funny. It's in that moment of acceptance that the phone call comes in and then everything exactly. happens so quickly. Isn't that incredible? That's always the way. Always the way. So basically, I mean, we've been talking a lot about your virtual business and somebody just asked me a question. says, okay, she's, she created digital products. What do your digital, <laughs> digital products look like i mean what are you offering if if somebody is you know signing up with you and is it i have to ask is it still 47 dollars well now it's 57 dollars very affordable yes and i will say some of my top members like outside big cities like chicago nashville they've got a couple hundred princess ballerinas in their program so they're, they're adding you know a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar new revenue stream to their studio and they're paying me $57 a month. So it's a great value. No kidding. So a lot of people do not understand how to create a digital digital project. I don't know why I can't talk today. It's Monday. I've got a lot on my mind. I am so sorry. <laughs> and I didn't even drink coffee, which I never do, but I started to. I thought, I better not. If I can't talk now, I surely won't be able to talk <laughs> if I'm jittery. So anyway, just kind of bear with me if you don't mind. But a lot of people understand that we need digital project products. God dang it! Um, we, <laughs> I'm trying not to say bad words on my own podcast. We all use them. I mean, I download a lot of stuff from various companies, from various people, and I mean, I'm always amazed by how they, the ingenuity that they put these things together. I'm in the mm-hmm. process of building an information product myself right now for podcasting, and Although I know how to do it because I am a techie person, I'm a nerd in stilettos, a lot of people don't even know where to start. Yes. So what do you tell people like that? So it's, I'm going to say before you get started, don't go for the shiny object syndrome. Create a plan, stick with the plan, but tell us what you recommend. Sure. So I definitely 
and everything I teach with Shine Online, which is really just teaching how I've done my Princess Ballerina dance program in, in more detail and helping people do that, but it can take many shapes and forms. It, it, a foundational thing I believe in is keeping it simple and doing what is easiest for you. Because So with my Princess Ballerina dance program, I do love to share what I do with that because it is very simple and easy. Um, so I'm sharing lesson plans. So typically I give two different lesson plans. It's all based around a theme. So that's literally in terms of uh, product creation. These are two PDF files. So I create it in oh, it's a Word document and then I save it as a PDF and that's what I'm sharing. I give them a little logo that I create in Canva. So I have my Princess Ballerina logo, but then I theme it up. So I put a little couple icons that go with it that match the theme. And that's what studio owners use like on their social media to promote to their families. Like, oh, we've got Halloween lesson plan coming up next month to get their families excited. And then we have some printable things that the studios print out to give to their students. So during the Halloween magic month, for example, there will be a Halloween magic certificate of achievement. So the students all at the end of the session get a little certificate that's Halloween themed. It's Princess Ballerina's the Halloween themed, their name on it. So they get this little, which is very important for a three, four, five, six year old little girl. That's what Princess Ballerina's target to have, you know, these tangible things. They really appreciate that. We have a sticker chart that tracks the different skills we're working on for that month and they put stickers on it and that's a great way to communicate with the parents what they're learning it's not just frolicking around they're learning you know actual ballet terminology and and actual skills and so that's a great way for the studios to communicate with parents that's the sticker chart um and then there's a coloring page so there's a fun themed coloring page and that's another fun thing that's just the teachers give to the students at some point during the month. But in terms of my deliverables, these are PDF files. So a studio owner in their month of October, they'll get a link from me in their email, takes them to, you know, a secure membership site where they get their Halloween lesson plan downloads. So their lesson plan downloads, which are PDF files, all of those student materials, those are PDF files. I also give them a playlist of music, which is a Spotify link so that's a public playlist, but it just makes their lives a lot easier. Um, and so in terms of product creation, I'm using Word. I'm saving this PDF. I'm using Canva. And I share everything. I use Simplero, which is a software that houses my entire business. That is my website, my shopping cart, my membership areas, my email service is all inside Simplero. So that's, that's what I'm doing. So it's very, very simple. And I've created other products as well. So just to give other people other ideas of how that can look, um, you know, if you're, a, if you're a talker, you don't want to be on video, that's okay. You can create audio products. So if you're going to teach something, it can be an audio course. If you, if you're, if you prefer to write, create eBooks and guides, you know, Canva makes it so easy. There's just tens of thousands of beautifully designed templates on there that you can pick and then just put plug in your content, your knowledge about, you know, training dogs or baking amazing cakes, whatever it is that you do, you know, if you're a writer, you can create those guides. People there the the value is in that knowledge, right? So if you make amazing sourdough bread, someone could uh, you know, learn to do it themselves. They can watch a bunch of random YouTube videos. They can research. But if there's someone who has positioned themselves as this, you know, expert and they have this, this great recipe, for someone to buy an ebook for, you know, $37 or a course for $197, 
and now it's shaving off a decade of in the trenches trying to figure it out. I mean, people will do that all day long. They also don't have to now jump around the internet getting inf random bits of information, some of it that, that doesn't gel together. They can go and get a program that's going to take them from A to Z from someone they know, like, and trust and get the result they're looking for. And so, you know, in terms of product creation, it's PDF files. So that can be like I'm doing with the printables, lesson plans, that can be ebooks, guides, audio files, that can be courses. And then of course, if you are a video person, video courses are, are great, right? Because it's that audio, it's that visual, you can create these in Canva as well. It can be more PowerPoint style, um, or you can just do talking head type of videos. So it really, I don't think the format matters at all. It's what you are going to be comfortable with because if you think you see the shiny gurus with their professionally produced videos and you think that's the standard, but you're terrified of video, you're never going to going to do it. You're going to procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. So if you are comfortable creating an ebook first, start there, start selling it, get it out there, get some customers, and then what I find is once people start doing it, you know, they get a little more comfortable. You know, I didn't want to do video at first and now I am very comfortable making videos. So I think as people do it, they get more comfortable and they're willing to then branch out and create different products and try different formats. And before you know it, you, you know, seven years have gone by and you've got this arsenal of products, you know, some video, some text, some, some audio. So, you know, but it can be very, very simple and you can start with what you're comfortable with. And see, I love that you're stressing it can be very, very simple because it does not have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be, oh, my God, what's my next move? I have to do – you don't. Teach what you know. Share what you know. Put it in a, a format that makes sense for you. I work with Word and PDFs. Canva is my friend. I'm in Canva all the time. Yes. You know, get, go ahead and pay for the pro and get, yes. I mean, it's amazing. And by the way, you, if you're on Facebook, you will see periodically people who are Canva experts, and they will be creating templates for you. Mm -hmm. Some may be for ebooks, some may be for checklists, some may be for God knows what. Most of them are twenty-seven bucks. Buy them. Don't yes. try to do it yourself. Buy them. You know, share. You know, make the colors your own. They even give you instructions on how to work with these. Find the easiest way to do these things. It doesn't have to be so darn complicated. And honestly, I think, Megan, that that's what stops a lot of people. It's like, oh, you're, and you're right. You know, you see these slick videos, and I've heard some very slick podcasts that don't really grab me. I'd rather have a conversation, but that's my personal, this is how I operate on this podcast. It's a conversation. I want to speak with you. I want you to talk with me. I want you to talk with our audience. I don't care if you can hear my ceiling fan or my cat yelling at a bird. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. <laughs> but it's, it's a conversation. So we all have to do what we think is best, but keep it simple, stupid. Seriously. Yes. Keep yes. it simple. Content. And keep it consistent. That's where a lot of people just go, ah, I made it so darn difficult, I can't keep up. Yes. And that's uh, that's something I teach as well and something I do for myself when I when I'm going to start something new I, I sort of create a framework for it and I ask myself is this something I can see myself replicating every single month if it's a a monthly offer which I do love you know membership model and subscription model things because I do love the recurring revenue 
But I do ask myself, am I going to be able to do this every single month? Or how can I templatize this so I will create the first one thinking, you know, how can I do this every month? Now, that's a little easier for me because I do have a more of a, you know, wider perspective. It's not my first rodeo. So now I can, and that's something I do with private clients and because I have that larger approach of, okay, you're going to need to project this forward over two years or three years of subscription. How can we templatize even the first one so that now month two, month three, month four, you can just sort of stamp it out and reflavor it if it's a different, and when I say theme, you know, even if you're a life coach, you know, we can create a monthly program where we templatize that first month and then that next, you know, then we're theming it. One might be more mindset. The next theme might be more fitness. The next one might be family and relationships, right? So we're still theming it, but we're creating a, a systemized approach, a templated approach so that it's a lot easier for you to have, as you said, that consistency moving forward. Well, consistency seems to be a problem in a lot of arenas. I see it in the podcast industry. I see it in the web development. And, you know, wherever I'm at, I'm like, where'd you go? What happened? Where are you? I was really interested in what you had to say. Oh, darn it. Yeah, but <laughs> you get in your own way. I mean, we do. I do it all the time. I'm always in my own way and saying, okay, Denise, take a seat. Think about this <laughs> and move forward. <laughs> It's not but, easy to but, be consistent, you know, to be no, it's, it's I mean, not so I think you have to be. Yes. So I think the key is to then to set up those systems for success. So if if that is a coach or a mentor that's going to keep you accountable, you know, that can be something that can keep you consistent. I think creating a schedule, you know, I think is is if you're doing that podcast or you're doing that blog, you know, setting that schedule that is realistic for you and then truly setting a schedule that you're going to do it. And then I think those systems. So for me, you know, I, I, I do love systems and a lot of my business and why I love, you know, Simplero is I'm able to automate 90% of my business so that that consistency happens, you know, regardless of what I'm doing because if I had to manually send out my lesson plan every single month on the 20th, you know, I might forget, who knows, I might be off doing something. I, so I, it's, it's pre-scheduled when someone, you know, sees a Facebook ad of mine, which I, I use the same model that I did seven years ago is what I do for my Facebook ads. Now I, you know, run an ad for a free sample of one of my lesson plans. Someone can click on that any time of day. It goes to the landing page. They can put their name and email address in if they want to get a free sample and check out more about the program. Once they do that, it's automatically delivered to their inbox. So, that, again, I can be, you know, with my kids at the zoo working on something else. I can be in a working mood. I can be in a lazy mood. You know, I certainly have both. I'm human. But because these systems and automations are built into my online business, that it doesn't matter what my mood is or what the time of day is. It's all happening very consistency. All of my customers are getting that consistent experience, whether it's day one or now it's year, year seven. It's that same experience going on for everybody, no matter where they're joining from, what country, what time of day. So I think also having those systems and as much as you can automate takes away, you know, that needing that willpower to be consistent. No, oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you, when I learned about consistency in the podcast industry, and this was years ago, I've been doing this for almost 14 years, but this really wow. stuck with me, and it taught me that I had to show up if I had a guest 
or couldn't find a guest, I had to show up. So I didn't realize, and I still get a little bit shocked when I'm doing the pre-interview for this show, because I'll always say, well, do you know anything about the show? Because I don't want to give people a bunch of information if they're already aware of how it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those guests, you know, those podcast hosts that gets, you know, a little bit ticky if you haven't ever heard me. I don't care. I am just interested in what you can bring to the audience. And I'm always still a little bit shocked. Oh, yeah, I, li- I just listened to your last two. Really? <laughs> I just, I live alone. I'm in my office all the time. I'm an introvert. I'm invisible. Apparently, I'm not invisible. And I found this out years ago when I didn't have a guest, and it's just always been a guest show. So I just didn't do anything, and I didn't have the common sense to get up on social media and say, we don't have a guest, but you know, you can go listen to this one. I just didn't have that. I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And all of a sudden, I didn't have two weeks in a row where I didn't have a, a podcast. I got emails. I was like, really? People are listening? <laughs> this was yes. years ago. It's in the One of them was a good friend of mine. He has long since passed away. And I can still hear him, James Archery, I can still hear him. He picked up the phone and called me, why don't you have a podcast today? Oh, geez. (laughs) I learned some real lessons about being consistent and making it happen. If you can't be consistent, go do something different. Yes, agreed. And and I think you make a really great point that I think sometimes we don't realize, you know, impact that we are having on others and you know that that trust that that consistency you know establishes for people and having that routine and when that when it breaks you know whether that's you're doing that weekly newsletter email or you know the podcast in your case it's like when you don't show up people people will notice right and it is sort of a well what where they go what they do so you know i think it is a responsibility and so i think yes establishing going to be realistic for you, something that you can be consistent with, is so important. And let's talk about how you're reaching people, too, because social media is a part of our fabric of life. And people are watching us there. You know, a couple weeks ago, I mean, I've had, I was sharing with you, I've had just one of those months. I mean, my car is in the shop. My refrigerator is not working. I walked out to find my mailbox had died, and it was just laying on the ground. It was pitiful death. My headphone quit working. (laughs) And I walked back in the house and checked my cats like, are y'all still okay? (laughs) I was so busy whining and crying and trying to get everything fixed that I basically took my fanny off of social media. People, I would get, you know, messages online. Are you okay? What? Yes, I'm fine. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so you're right. And, And we're paying, people are paying attention, even if it's just, personal they're paying att- or personable they're paying attention to you so that's another way when you have a business whatever your business is you must be consistent on social media you must right. show up you can't just disappear and say i'm having a bad month and i am but it's what it is <laughs> right so, well i, I, I hate to even go outside is- to see what else is falling down over there <laughs> but you know, it'll be okay right Yes, it will all be okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So keep on going. Um, I was going to say, you know, I, I do, I agree totally. It's about that consistency. And I found, um, you know, I tend to communicate with my audience mostly via email. And if I've ever had a, a, a stretch, as you said, where I, you know, get off track with not my, 
you know, everything with my customers was choreographed. My lesson plans go out when they're supposed to. My whole, you know, sales part of my business is all automated. But in addition, I do, I like to send emails um, when I'm running a promotion or just when I'm sharing something or if I have an idea for a new product or lesson plan, you know, email is my main source of communication. And so there will be times where I've, you know, had nothing really going on. So I've had no reason to email. And you're right. People will email me and say, you know, haven't heard from you in a while. And, and I think it's funny. We don't always know the impact because most people will not email you to say, oh, I, you know, the impact you're necessarily having is, you know, until, until you maybe disappear or, or something along those lines where it's like, oh, I didn't even know anyone was even paying attention, you know? And so that I agree with you and have had that same experience where it's like, oh, you, you maybe don't notice and realize the impact you're having on others because, you know, most people aren't going to say anything. So I think just, just know that I guess if you take that responsibility of, of creating a, a product or creating a newsletter, or creating a you know, podcast, whatever the case may be, that, you know, you're willing to be sort of com- committed to that and show up for people on a regular basis. Exactly. Um, I mentioned the same thing to a friend of mine the other day. We are having our mentor talk, and I said, you know, some days I just feel invisible, and she gave me a dressing down. It was so southern. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And she mentioned nerd and stilettos and this. And I was like, oh, it's calm, calm. I got it. <laughs> okay. I understand. <laughs> she wasn't having it. And I meant it. You know, I do often feel invisible because, you know, that's the way I've created my business. I work from home. I live, you know, I order my groceries online. I ordered my car online. My house was bought online. I do everything online if I can. So it's easy for me to think I'm not seen. Well, apparently, that's just <laughs> stupid. We are all seen. Now, it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's up to us to make it a good thing. Agreed. Totally. And I do think we all want to think, oh, who would, who's paying attention to little old me? If I disappear for a while, no one's going to care. You know, but I think the truth is if you have any sort of following at all, you know, then the, it matters to those people. It does. And thank you so much for that. Um, I am, I'm still in your book. I'm looking at a, the chapter is, what chapter is this? Well, we talked about your sales funnel, but niching down. Let's go yeah. through that a little bit. We've got about 14 minutes and I'm starting in the middle. So you go where you want to go with this because this is important. I think for people are saying, okay, I understand that I have to have a funnel. I understand I have to have information products. I understand I have to be consistent but what is niching down and why would I want to do that? So let's talk about that. Yes. So, you know, I think, you know, again, using the example of my Princess Ballerina dance program, technically it's a program that could have been used by anyone teaching kids anywhere. But I think a key to to my success sharing that program was, you know, I was a dance studio owner, so that's a market. I, you know, lived, eat, you know, ate, breathed the life of a studio owner. I know their pains. I know their fears because that was my fear. Um, That was my pain. That was my struggle. I had the same nightmare parents. I had the same, you know, staff headaches occasionally. I had the same summer cash flow issues that every studio owner can relate to. And so for me to then just go out to that specific market versus, you know, child activity centers or, uh, you know, YMCA's. I mean, all these other programs could have certainly used the the dance program, even cheer gyms. I mean, there's a lot of these other sort of um, industries that could use the program. I think by focusing on the the group that I know, dance studio owners, 
for one, it makes advertising a heck of a lot easier. I mean, the, the amazing, you know, beauty of social media ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, I can target dance studio owners in my ads. And so my ads are very, very affordable because I'm not advertising to the entire world. I'm not advertising to anyone who wouldn't potentially care about this. I can locate a very specific group of people to put my product in front of. But then number two, I think even more important and a, a key to my personal success and I think the power of, of, of you know, niching down for anybody is you know, I could speak directly to dance studio owners. All of my emails, my landing pages, my sales pages, I mean, I am in their head and I can be in their head because I was them. I, I am that person. I, I always think of, I, I'm like talking to me 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's just, I'm like in a, you know, jumping in my little time machine and just going back to talk to Megan when she's just starting her studio or Megan five years into her studio and she's trying to grow and she wants, you know, more customers and she wants more revenue flowing into her business and she wants her stu her teachers to, you know, she can only afford the 18-year-old teacher, but that 18-year-old teacher wants to play, you know, rap music with swear words for six-year-olds and I, you know, so I want to give her a program. I want to hand a, my teacher a program with and a playlist list of music that is parent approved, movements that are parent and Megan approved, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, so I'm able to get into the mind of, of my potential customer, and if, so of course the sales are going to be better. Of course that connection's there. Of course that resonance is there. I mean, it's a product that's created for them, um, and so I think that's the, the power of that, that niche or niche, however you want to say it, is is you know you're speaking specifically to one person with one you know with very specific needs very specific pain points and also creating a, a very specific solution that they see and they think yes like this is for me and that's just so powerful in terms of communicating and serving and of course sales no kidding. And listen, as a web developer, one of the very first questions I want to know is who is your audience? Who are you trying to connect with or sell to or partner with, whatever it is that you're trying to do? Invariably, they will say, oh, it's, it's for everybody. No. No, no, and no. And that's why I wanted to bring up the, the niching because if you don't know who it is that you're speaking to or with and what your personal brilliance is, oh, geez, it's a mess. Right. And it's always going to be a mess. Right. And I know, you know, I do work with my private clients. This is, they say the exact same thing, and they have big dreams, and I love that. You know, I want to reach millions of people, too, and you know, I want your product to reach millions of people. But you can also, you know, it's about starting with a targeted approach. Pick, let's pick a, you know, laser-targeted niche to begin with, and we do that for a year. Right, so that we have, we can pick Facebook ads that are going direct to this person. We can have a landing page that speaks to this person, a very, very specific group of people. Um, and then, you know, so my my goal with sharing Princess Ballerinas, and because I've known it could go into other markets, it was always okay. I'm going to go to dance studio owners first, and then I could spread out and I could go to you know cheer schools and um, children's activity centers, and then I could branch into dance teachers who want to start their own businesses. 
But, I mean, for me, I've just never needed to. I've always just been busy enough and been, had enough business with a very specific just dance studio owners. But, you know, that I feel like lets clients off, you know, lets – Let's them feel like I, we're not killing like the potential of their billion dollar dream is we start with a niche first, do this for 12 months, focus, you know, get some traction, um, get some momentum, get some results. And then next year, let's add this other niche. And then the year after that, you can add this niche. And so then I think that allows people to say, okay, I'm willing to focus. This will be, you know, the low hanging fruit. What's going to be the easiest, fastest? Who do I know the best? Who's going to be most likely to want this product? Start there. And then in a year, they see, you know, when I work with clients, that's satisfying to say, okay, once I have X amount of customers here in a year, then I, I can expand into, into this niche and this niche and this niche. So that's another way to do it as well. But start very focused. Well, and make it bite-sized. Right. I mean, you can't just grab everything. Look, I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure you, you have the same kind of mind that I do, which is, you know, squirrel-brained. You're always thinking you're always doing something. You're not, you know, there's always an idea. There's always that something out of the corner. You're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But you have to stop and think, is this really going to work with what I'm doing now? You have to have some discipline. You also yeah. have to have some swipe files so you can put those ideas down the road for later on. Don't forget about them. But, you know, determine, examine what you're doing and figure out, is this the right thing for right now? And most of the time it's really not. It's a terrific idea. It's just the timing is not right. Right. And I think that's another, you know, that's a reason I'm always working with a coach is it does, you know, you know, the reason I love to coach others is that coach holds that space for your, you know, where you're going because I think as entrepreneurs that is, you know, our our curse and, you know, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is we do always, we see inspiration everywhere. We see opportunity everywhere. We want to do everything, be everything, create everything, serve everyone, but you, it's, you can't do it, as you said, all at the same time. And it, it's not always a matter of, is, is this a good idea? Is it not a good idea? You know, most things can be a good idea. It's, does it fit with what you're doing now? What are your goals right now? What are you working on now? So for me, having a coach and a mentor helps sort of hold that space, keeps you on track, and so that, you know, it is the sounding board and sort of this, you know, the guardrails to make sure you don't go too off into the weeds, you know, with your inspiration or squirrel brain, as you said. Um, because, you know, that's, it's the beauty of being an entrepreneur, but it can also be a curse because you, you, you're not going to get anywhere as you said, doing things, you know, random acts of business, random ideas that don't fit together. You do need focus and you do need to build, you know, momentum. And, it, and that takes massive focus and that's not always easy for an entrepreneur. It's not. And I've actually had some absolutely terrific ideas that I knew I was never going to be passionate about. I was never going to find the time or the energy or they didn't really fit with what I was doing or wanted to do. And I've gifted them to other people. I'm not yeah, going to hang on great. to them. It's like, here you go. This it, this won't work for me right now, but is this something you might be able to do something with? And they're like, maybe so. You just never know. Uh-huh. Don't hang on to it. Give it to somebody else if you can't use it. I love that. Okay, so I am looking. We've got about four minutes left. This is quick. Um, chapter four, navigate. And you say that 
Navigate the exciting world of starting your own virtual business with expert mentorship by your side, cheering you on to success. We kind of covered that just now. So, But then step one, create a strategic blueprint for your online business. And I think that's sometimes where people just go, I don't know where to start. Is that what you find? Yes, and that's my most favorite thing to do, you know, inside my Shine Online Network community or when I'm working with a private client. And typically that's the discovery call is, you know, yes. So, I, you know, I'm often speaking with an entrepreneur or, or a professional. So typically it's someone who's been doing their thing for 10 years, 15 years. And they're like I was with my dance studio. It's like they have all this experience, they, but it's, They don't know how to turn it into an online business. They don't know how to turn it into a product. They don't know how to start. They don't know what that, you know, value ladder needs to be. What's their freebie? What's their, you know, low ticket offer? What's their core offer? What's, you know, what's the the premium offer? Um, And so that is my favorite part because typically within, you know, even a 30-minute conversation of hearing about someone and what they're passionate about, where their experience is, it's usually really obvious to me what what we could do with that, how to package that. So that is sort of one of my superpowers is is just my brain computes, computing, computing, and it's like, okay, here, what about this? And of, and that's what I love because now I have this like grand vision of the potential for this person and their amazing new online business, and it's like, ooh, what if you did this? And then what if you did this? And then this. And then your main product is this. And, you know, and of course, you know, sometimes there's some, well, I don't know about this. But typically, it's just having this vision, having what's been in their head and their hearts for the past 10 or 15 years put into form, you know, even just verbal form and structuring it. That's so much fun for me. And then seeing that person, uh, that makes it so real for the for the person I'm working with or just someone inside my Shine Online Network group because, as you said, that is where people struggle. They don't know how to productize their knowledge and their passion. And that is one of my superpowers. So seeing where where that fits, what, what's going to be the bite-sized version, what's going to be like the freebie we put out into the world that brings someone to this, you know, person's new online business, Yes, that is where people struggle, and and I think that is just the most fun part. But I think I think that where we start is you know that big picture. It is strategic. It's like what are you most passionate about? Where do you really have expertise? Like what have you been doing the last ten, fifteen years? Um, and then you know figuring out where that maybe intersects with what people buy. You know what? Where's the market demand going to intersect with that? And then, you know, how do we how do we structure that and put that into, you know, turn that into a, a coaching offer and maybe a course or a subscription and then, you know, a little a, a low ticket, you know, $37, $27 offer that people can buy right away when they meet you. And then, of course, your freebie to help you list build. So, you know, taking that and then putting it into that, you know, proven framework for an online business. Exactly. You're speaking my language. And in the same chapter, and we're running out of time, you may have to may have to get you to come back, but you say to create an exciting and strategic brand around your concept. And this is kind of where we go back to Canva. Choose yeah. your colors. Choose your brand. Choose your logo. This almost, to, to my way of thinking, ought to be one of the first things you do. Right. Yeah, it's definitely towards towards the top. So I, I, I do like to start with that strategic vision and figure out just you know, loosely what we're creating because then then that dictates, 
who we're we're serving, right? And so then, you know, when if we're if we're speaking to um, like with Princess Ballerina's dance studio owners, that I'm going to talk a little bit differently. The brand's going to be just a little bit different than if I decided to go direct to parents with it, right? And I'm talking to parents. So I think the who and the exactly what we're doing does dictate that because to me, brand is all about communication. It's that visual communication. It's that, you know, vibe communication. It's going to look a certain way. It's going to sound a different, certain way. It's going to feel a certain way. The pictures are going to feel a certain way. And so it's all about communicating, communicating what that is. Um, and so I think we do start with that strategic vision and what we're doing. And then the brand is, okay, very high level. How are we going to communicate this? Who are we communicating to? And that really dictates everything about the brand. Excellent. Megan, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you want to share with the audience before I let you go? No, this has been a lot of fun. Um, can I just let people know where to find me if they're interested in learning yes. more? I was just going to ask you where they could find you, where they can find your your courses, your information, and your book, of course. Perfect. Yeah, everything. Um, ShineOnlineNetwork.com is the place to find out about everything. That's, that's, that's where to find me. That's where I'm living most these days. And, of course, my Princess Ballerina program is PrincessBallerinas.com if anyone is interested in seeing what I'm doing over there. Excellent. Megan, thank you so much. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and thank you for the book. I love it. And by the way, for the audience, you can also find it on Amazon. I downloaded it um, using the Kindle um, app. What is it? Uh, Kindle Unlimited. So I've got the yeah. free version, which I've also highlighted. <laughs> so I've, been, I've been switching from Kindle to the, the physical book, so thank you for sending that. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you've shared with our audience, and I hope people will take you up on learning more about you. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Amazon, anywhere else that you consume your business podcast. You can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting us. Look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Megan, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.